0: Quick announcements. You're like, we've already had announcements. A couple of quick things we want to make you aware of. One is that we have a team so that has been at, I'm going to mess this up, but I know people are going to help me with this. This is the gift of y'all being here. Is it fries or freeze, Virginia? So, Freeze, thank you. I knew somebody. Freeze, Virginia, up at Camp Dickinson. It's one of the Holston Conference camps. We've had a team up there since Wednesday. From And we've had group, people come and go during that time period. They have been making apple butter, which you will get to eat at your prayer breakfast um, next Saturday. So a huge shout out. We have people there from like six months of age to 80 years old. You see, you're never too younger, never too old. To participate in events and projects and activities that we have going, one of the ways that we can serve our community is through the Trek program, through Trek Christmas. It is a way for us to provide gifts to children um, at Cedar Bluff Elementary School. If you have not taken the opportunity to um, sign up, go to concordunited.org/events, and it's a way for us to give. I have I signed up a couple of days ago, and I got kind of excited. Our son's now a little older. He's still very fun. I want you to know that. But buying for younger kids, it's like I get to do that again. So um, I'm excited about that. My husband and I went Friday to the Veterans Day Parade in downtown Knoxville. And admittedly, our motivation for going was our son is in the marching band at his school and when we got to see him march in the parade, and I want you to know, it became so much more it was it was great to see him march. But to see the various veterans spanning various military campaigns was truly an honor and it it struck me in a way I wasn't expecting. I am the granddaughter of a World War II vet and he's been gone for a while and it was just being able to see the veterans and being reminded of those of you who have served and continue to serve. Thank you so very much. It was three o'clock in the morning I'd like to be able to tell you how old our son was. It's all a blur, those first days. I know he was older than three days old, but not older than seven. And I was overwhelmed. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but I was an incredible parent. And then our child was born. (laughs) I don't know if you've had that happen, where it was just like... I thought I knew everything, and I got nothing now. So it was 3 o'clock in the morning, and I was at our kitchen table with a stack of books, because that's what I do. I've got to go get the knowledge, because knowledge is power. And I'm going to figure out how to raise this kid, or at least help him sleep some. And I ended up with this one book called The Baby Whisperer. I don't even know if it's one that's still used. But in the moment, it it felt like it saved our family briefly. And I was grateful for that. Because I don't know if you've experienced this as parents or grandparents or great-grandparents or aunts or uncles or teachers as our responsibility is we get to nurture new generations. And what is it we want them to know and what it, we have our curriculum and we have these dreams that we have for our kids, and yet what we find oftentimes is when we get down to it, we just want them, not just, but we want them to know God, We want them to follow God, and we're looking for ways to do that, and where do we turn for guidance? For me, on that day, or that early morning, it was a book about how for us to adjust to the newness of a newborn. Yet what we know is that Scripture guides us because all of us can agree that nurturing new generations is important. I mean, the evidence was up here earlier. Yet, what actions are each of us willing to take to nurture new generations? And so, we look to scripture. What does scripture tell us about that? There's a book in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament. It's Proverbs. It's in the section of scripture known as wisdom literature, poetry literature. And oftentimes what we see in Proverbs, it will give us the statement and it will tell us of wisdom and the reward for wisdom, and then not wisdom and the punishment for wisdom. You've probably heard some of these along the way. I want to remind you to be involved with our Bible reading plan, which is at concordunited.org slash Bible, or you can get a copy at the Information Center. And this is one of the ways that we nurture new generations by our own understanding of Scripture, and we get to pass that on. Proverbs 22, 6, you may have heard before You may be familiar with the King James James Version. It says this, Train a child up in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Anyone familiar with that scripture? In fact, it may have been used against you at some point. But there is such truth in it. Train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it. What we see in the NIV version is it says this, start children off on the way they should go and even when they are old they will not turn from it. Start children off on the way they should go and even when they are old they will not turn it. From it faith for generations it isn't just a slogan faith for generations is a way of being that we are recipients of faith for generations the belief in something that we cannot see the assurance of what we cannot see in our faith as Hebrew 11, hebrews 11 describes it the word form gives it purpose what is our faith for is for generations. Generations being a time frame between children and their parents. There are generations throughout this room and online, from the youngest of young to the oldest of old and those of us in between. We are faith for generations just as I was looking for how do we deal with what was going on with our son, just as we see what has happened here on the stage, as y'all have entrusted us with your kids and we got the opportunity to see them, that start them, that matters. Because how we begin matters, yet any time is a good time to start. So who started you who was it that trained you up? Who was it that invested time and resources to train you up? Was it a preschool? Was it your grandparents? Was it your mom and dad, aunt or uncle? Was it your friends' parents? Who is it that started you? And who is it in our own lives that we are training up, that we are nurturing? Who are the new generations that we are nurturing? Because how we begin matters. How we start this thing, it matters. And if you're sitting here going, whoa, they're a little older than the beginning. It's not too late to start now in training up our kids in the way that they should go. And the way they should go is not some slogan. The right way is not a slogan. It's a way of being followers of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 28, we see that Jesus is about to ascend into heaven and he tells the disciples to go, go. He didn't say, stay together, and so it feels really safe. He said, go and make disciples, baptizing and teaching. Disciple is a word that we use in churches, discipleship. I don't know about you all. I don't use it a whole lot outside of the church setting. But what it means is this, a disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ. I mean, it's in the Gospels, in the good news of Jesus Christ. He asks the disciples, he commands, follow me. And so we follow Jesus. That is what we are called to do. We are called to follow Jesus. And a disciple is someone who, discipleship is a state of a disciple, of being a disciple. We use a phrase here, you may say, it's a slogan, Share Christ, serve others, and grow in faith. That isn't just a slogan. That is the core of the good news of Jesus Christ. That we are to share Christ. We are to talk about what Jesus has done and is doing in our lives. That we are to serve others. It's it's love. Jesus said, love others. Love and grow in faith, the Bible reading plan, every time we mention that, it's not because we've forgotten about it. It's because it's a way for us to grow in faith through scripture, through prayer, through small groups. That's how how we train up kids is we first of all gotta know what it is we're training them on. We can't take someone a place we've never been. We, our own discipleship journey is critical. It's not a slogan. It's about following Christ and the significance of imparting that knowledge and experience. Like those kids that were up here that are amongst us, that, that is evidence of what we are tasked with doing. Train up. Lead them in the way that they are to go. And the results, it tells us. It tells us what the results are, that they'll not turn from it. There are a time, I mean, I'm saying, I'll speak on behalf of myself, but I don't know about y'all. There were days I am confident that my parents thought I'd turned. And yet, here we are the results are worth the effort because the results are faith for generations. My maternal grandfather died when I was three years old. I don't really remember him. My paternal grandfather died when I was 41. He was 91 years of age. He was the, one of the most amazing people I have ever known. He was really an unassuming man. He didn't talk much. I know, you're wondering, I didn't get that from him. He was a World War II vet. His family immigrated from Scotland when he was three years of age and they followed the boom of the 1920s down to, as he would call it, Miami, Florida. And that's where he grew up during the Great Depression. Granddaddy was diagnosed the Monday uh, before Thanksgiving in 2011 with stage four stomach cancer. And I'll be honest, we struggled because he was just such an active guy to watch him in those last weeks, which is really hard because that wasn't who he was. And yet we had these beautiful conversations that I would have missed if it had been sudden and one of those conversations took i was i was back home when he moved into assisted living and i went to see him one morning the morning after we had moved him in and i took a cup a cup of coffee from McDonald's because i figured their coffee wasn't going to be good enough for him and i took the coffee in and he just started talking He just started telling stories I had never heard. And I would ask questions and it would start and we would just go. One of the things he talked about was that when they were living in Miami, that he talked about his mom didn't go to church. He reassured me she treated people well, but she had church hurt is the language we would use now. Be he talked about as a teenager in the Great Depression, that he would go to churches that were within walking distance, that even as a teenager, he knew he needed to be connected. So he would just walk and go himself. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I've complained about going to church at times, right? That I got to drive or whatever. He's walking, looking for it. And then he told me this story I'd never heard. I was like, why did nobody tell me this story? But he told me. You see, granddaddy married into a family that was rich in the Lutheran tradition and the church in downtown Asheville in the 1950s. That church decided to move a couple of miles into West Asheville. I went to middle school. When I was at middle school and high school, we went to that church that church sits up on a hill. It's got an incredible view of Asheville and the mountains. And there are these houses around it like this, like it's in a neighborhood. I had no idea what the story was. There were houses beside the church. I was a kid. That was what I knew. But granddaddy told me that when they moved out there, that six or seven families went together and pledged the money to purchase that property. And that what they did is they sold the lots off, and that's what helped to fund the building of the church, where I spent my middle and high school years, where my dad was nurtured, where my sister and I were nurtured, where a school exists. My grandparents were one of those six or seven families that made that pledge. Nobody told me that story. Yet I think about that story. I think about that story when I think of nurturing new generations, that for 70 years, kids have been educated in that school, at that church. That for 70 years in that location, that new generations have been nurtured as people have lived out the call that we are giving. That we are to share Christ, serve others, and we are grow in faith. Faith for generations. Each of us are standing on the shoulders that have come before us. All the way back to those disciples who heard the Great Commission. Directly from Jesus. Through the early church. And for generations to us. We're here because people had faith for generations. Our story is a church began in 1865. This church didn't have a building for 60 years. And then it moved here from old, what we know as Old Concord. Talk about faith for generations. Talk about nurturing new generations. I think about that. When I think about what it is we do day in and day out, my own journey as I seek to share Christ, serve others, and grow in faith. And as we think about the vows that Laura and Jeff took that many of us have taken about committing our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness to God. This isn't just something else we do, you all. It's a part of who we are. And the preschoolers remind us of the significance of starting children off on the way that they should go and the result of that and our responsibility in that. And I think about that, it's each and every one of ours. I don't know about you all, but I wanna be found faithful to God in all circumstances. And how we choose to live this out. One day at a time, one moment at a time. Faith for generations. Let us pray. Oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Thank you, Lord, for those who have gone before us. For those who have been in circumstances beyond anything I could imagine. And they stayed faithful and faithful for generations thank you for christy and the team at the preschool and their faith and how concord's preschool is evidence of faith for generations lord may we be faithful to your call to what it is that you say we are to do we are to make disciples we're going to baptize and teach lord may we be bound faithful into your hands may your will let our will be done amen thank you for listening to this sermon from concord united methodist church this podcast is a ministry of concord united and we would love to hear from you to contact us please send an email to podcasts at dot with sermons in the subject line for more information about concord united including worship times service opportunities mission efforts and classes